a Podcast One production. My definition of success is that I had power over my time and where I got to spend my energy. I'm Margie Hartley, executive coach to senior leaders around the globe, as well as 11 of the top ASX listed companies. And this is Fast Track. In this episode, Getting More Done in Less Time, we talk to one of Australia's most successful business people, Naomi Simpson, co-founder of the Big Red Group, founder of Red Balloon, a shark on entrepreneurial TV show Shark Tank, and one of the most time-efficient individuals I've ever met. Seneca warned us that life will silently glide away if we waste our time. And life is long if you know how to use it. But forever, my clients are saying they have no time. They're so busy, their lives are filled with meetings, and they're not quite sure how to take control of this. Naomi, I've known you for 30 years. I've never met anybody who's so goal-focused and productive. So I wanted to talk to you about this idea and this difference between being busy and being productive. What's your view? I'm so glad that I appear to be so productive because it's not as if that occurs to me every single day. And some days I, I, I literally say to myself, did I move the game forward today? I think the most important thing is to know what the game is. What is success and what is it that you're really trying to achieve? And often we get so caught up in the day-to-day, the grind, literally, that we're running other people's agendas and not necessarily our own. So I'm very clear to remind myself what is the North Star and what am I playing for? So what your focus is in a big strategic game or is this about um, tactically every day having things that you do differently to move yourself forward? Um, it's more about reminding myself of my purpose. And there's a difference between passion and purpose. Passion is often a, it is an internal energy. It's a, what inspires you, what makes you feel great, where you like to hang out. But your purpose is about how you contribute to others. And it's purpose ultimately that drives what we experience as success. And when we make a difference to another human being, I feel successful. In fact, that's by definition. It's not about us. It's about contribution. Okay, really fascinated by this idea of purpose being your productive place and busy being just doing stuff. Yeah. And purposeful means also that it might be how you include others in not just your work, but it might be your community or your family and who you said you were going to be for them. So purpose for me is about shifting the experience of life. There is there is a reason why my businesses are all about experience, including our B2B offering, which is shifting the experience of work. And so I remind myself is, did, did I shift my own experience of work today? And what was that like? So I'm prepared to donate, give my time to certain things and I identify what they are. So it might be, you know, the the work that I do in tertiary education with either UTS or the University of Melbourne. It might be to my philanthropic endeavours through Cerebral Palsy Alliance. But that allows me to say no to others. In other words, I know I'm making a contribution outside of my work whereby I'm being a good human and it allows me to say no I, I am a person who tries to do too much. You you are like the rest of us Absolutely. and have a lot to jam into 24 hours in a day, including eight hours of sleep, I hope. Yeah, yes. doing my best on that one. But I, I really am fascinated by this and, and a, 
not surprised, but interested about the concept of always looking at your North Star rather than the minutes or the hours you spend on something specifically. Yeah. And I've also worked out when I'm the most productive. So I do try and manage my uh, calendar very carefully. For instance, I don't have appointments on Fridays. Uh, I just don't. I don't go to the office. It is about cleaning up the week, making sure I get back to people and really finishing off so that I have the weekend to myself Uh, because otherwise I feel like things carry over into the weekend. So I don't have any appointments on Fridays. How did you come up with this view? So we've known each other for 30 years, so people get a sense of how long we've been working. (laughs) But thinking about how did you come to this way of working, a way of being? and managing time? I guess I've had my own businesses now, as you know, for close to a quarter of a century. Like it's a long time since I left corporate life. And probably about 10 years into that journey, I realised that I was never going to finish my to-do list. And I was living with a sense of urgency that was not sustainable. And in other words, life was always urgent. I realise that there is not an end point. In fact, I I have written a blog about this. It's just the fact that are we there there yet? No, we're never getting there. So the first thing I had to say to myself is life is never perfect and it's okay just how it is. But it's a did I make powerful choices today or was other, other people making the choices for me? And my definition of success is that I had power over my time and where I got to spend my energy. That is my definition of success. Okay, power of your time. It's really resonating with me. So we've talked a bit about the difference between being busy versus productive and having power of your time. How do we do this? Give me some practical tips because I know it's a challenge for 90% of the people that I meet. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't work in corporate life in the sense of, you know, we've got 130 team members, I think, in the big red group. And um, one of the things that we're doing is we're trialling the way that we work internally. And that is, we know we're the most productive in the morning. Our brains work better. We make better decisions. And how we make sure our people have deep thinking time. And so we have a pan on meetings in the morning. So up until one o'clock, and if anybody's wearing their headphones, not to be interrupted. And there's a real uh, piece of work that's been done around the open planned offices and how unproductive they are. And also the constant um, notifications that pop up on people's screens are just a complete distraction. So I don't have any notifications turned on anything, which is why I never get back to you because I don't, unless I remember to go into the WhatsApp or the blah, 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 which I forget to do. Now I have to pick up the phone from now on and <laughs> ring you. And, and that's what I tell my friends. If you don't call me, I honestly, sorry. So has that made you more productive? I don't know, but at least I'm not distracted the whole time. And at least I feel that I'm taking control of my own agenda versus having other people's agenda. But then in that, I also do, you, you know this, I do set aside time for my family and my friends and how I make sure that I connect to them. And my family can attest to the fact that Sunday is family day and they, you know, they get the phone call and we make sure that I connect because otherwise weeks go by and I go, oops, I forgot to call my mum. Mm. So um, this idea in corporate life at the moment is that we can achieve anything in 30 minutes including meetings. And many of my clients will say, oh, I spent my whole week in meetings from 7.30 on a Monday morning 
three till five o'clock on a Friday, so I have to do my work on the weekend. And what do they get done in that time? So these hour-long meetings, these unproductive meetings, and my question always is, what are you doing in the meetings? What are you achieving? And um, one of the teams that I worked with, we said, you can achieve anything in 30 minutes. And we did the 30-minute meeting test. And it was really fantastic. People sat there. They were really clear about what they wanted to do. They were really clear about the purpose of the meeting, how long it was lasting for, which was really important. And we took the issue of time off the table by presenting it on the table. We only have 30 minutes for this meeting. What do we need to achieve? So no agenda, no attender. Oh, so <laughs> you don't go unless there's a specific agenda given to you. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. And, what, and what's the outcome? No agenda, no attender. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd like that I one. Do. The other thing is why not 17 minutes? Fantastic. So, it- so the reason why I say that is because we somehow think that life happens in half-hour blocks. Or 60-minute blocks. Or 60-minute blocks, and it doesn't. And so one of the things that I'm very keen to do is to make sure that I have 20 minutes um, either side of a meeting, because that means I get to do whatever it is that I committed to do. If it was to share a document, upload, write something, and that means that I can finish the work of what I said that I would do out of that meeting straight after it. And that keeps the business flowing because what I don't want to be is the bottleneck of the, oh, she said she'd share that report with us. We haven't got it. She was going to do, you know, type up the the minutes. We don't do minutes, by the way. We do. I I make it sound like it's all very serious, but it's not. The actions. Well, we do a who's doing what by when. So this idea of a 30-minute meeting is probably more a symbol of anything, a symbol of productivity, I believe, because for years it's been the 60-minute meeting backed by the 60-minute meeting backed by the 60-minute meeting. And what's really important is if we're going to achieve what we say we're going to achieve, then we need to actually manage our time in a more productive way. Absolutely. And if you, therefore... Um, block out 60 minutes, but your meeting is 30 minutes, then you've got 30 minutes afterwards to do the work. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit naughty though. I also have people come to me. I just cannot stand losing time in travel and you know that for years and years and years as friends. I'm like, no, 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 you know, because that to me is an unproductive time. I don't, I don't drive. You don't commute. I don't commute. I basically don't drive either because that's time that I could be doing something and you do need to focus on the road if you're driving. So let's not do that. So that's another way that I um, stay productive or catch public transport, which I do. I you made a joke to. at the beginning of this podcast a little bit about, oh, I'm not productive all the time. I'd, I'd challenge you on that and say, I've never met anyone who's so productive and manages their time so strategically. And oh, even if that means that you're relaxing all day on a Sunday, yeah. your time is more valuable to you than I think just about anything outside your family and friends. Well, my time is the most valuable thing because it's where I choose to spend it which is also with my family and friends. And I am very intentional about managing my calendar and what that looks like. And that takes energy um, and focus. As I said, that to me is my definition of success. Can I ask a personal question about when that realisation hit you? Was there a moment that that came to you and you thought, aha, this is the way I'm going to live my life? Yeah, um, with the gorgeous Stuart, who's my husband, um, I I can literally fill up my calendar and go to events every single day of the week and I will have no personal life. I just said that's not that's not why I'm working so hard. I'm working so hard because I believe in what I do, but it's not to own me, I own it. 
What systems do you use that help you? You've said you turn off notifications, so that's a technology piece. What other systems and things do you use to help you? Um, I was really struggling with EAs and I said, how hard can this job be? I think I need to do this job myself to understand why people think it's so hard. And Stuart had a whole world of frustration around my calendar. He never knew where I was or what I was doing. And I just gave him 100% access to my calendar. He can see every appointment, every meeting. And of course, I run my own enterprise, so there's no commercial in confidence issues, um, as far as I'm concerned with my husband, it has been transformational. Because what that means is he can get on, book a dinner engagement, organise theatre tickets without the um, concern. So I've learned how to really manage my own calendar, which is when I ask somebody for an appointment or they've asked me, I put a TBC in, so it gets blocked out. And then once it's confirmed, I take it as a confirmation. And just doing that, and that's a We're just using a Google calendars. Um, And what that means is that there's a process by which we don't get double bookings. I was at the point where I was having four double, you know, four bookings in the one spot. It's like, that's just doing my head in. So I love the idea that you talk about taking power back over your time, Mm. owning your time, and that you're your own EA, you're mm. so successful. Mm. You, have, you, you are your own EA because you're able to manage your own diary. Yes, I, and I think and so. And it makes for a successful relationships and making for successful use of and choices around your time. And it's not like I don't have support, um, but different sorts of support. Like there's a sales uh, coordinator who manages our sales force tasks and Mm. those things. I have an agent who manages my speaking engagement and all of the travel. We have an office manager, the gorgeous Alison, who is booking my travel should I need to travel for work. So it's not like I don't have support, but the calendar drives my productivity, but also my experience of success. And so I identify what's really important. And I think Actually, that is, uh, is, is one of the most important things that I can do. And it's also my reputation, which is everything to me. So here we have got control of our own time. How do we influence those we spend time with? How do we influence them to value our time as much as we do? And, and I think that's quite challenging. I think, first of all, is understanding people's strengths because when you know how people want to work, what they're innately um, great at, you can actually, as their manager, work with that. And some people just need to... S- to kind of get your consulting and your energy and so forth, which kind of does my, does my head in, of course. Um, so, but for me, I, it's a rhythm of communication and having a reporting cycle. So it sounds all very formal, but it's not really. The end of the, everybody has what we call a V2MON, which might be other people call them kind of KPOs. But V2MON is about your values, the, your vision values for your role, your um, your metrics for success, your um, uh, any obstacles you might have and what you really need to get done. And I want people to report on that every Friday afternoon and we just use an internal comms tool. That you look back, look forward and did I move the game forward? And so everyone delivers on their KPIs or they report on their KPIs, which is really important. But then we have a rhythm of one-on-ones and I pull those back over time. So a new employee or a new team member needs more time than somebody who's been with you years. So it starts as a weekly one-on-one. And then after about three months, it moves to bi-weekly and then it goes to monthly. And ultimately, if they're a leader uh, of the business, that might even be every 
two months. Uh, the other thing is I do is I often walk with people. And the reason why I walk with that is not only am I getting my steps up, but it's a different sort of conversation. And ultimately, a one-on-one is their meeting, not mine. Um, but it's their meeting. Where are they stopped? What are the um, things that are getting in their way? How can I help them? So it's really a what do you need to support to get to be successful? And it ha- just has a different tone and a different rhythm. Um, and uh, and the reporting on a Friday afternoon means that I can cascade that up into the senior leadership team. So the structures and the processes are put in place, so it's really a very big symbol about how you value your time and others should value each other's time. Is there anything you actually say? I didn't make this up. It comes from a great book by Liz Wiseman called The Multipliers, and she said, you know, there's this one question that if you really think that somebody's wasting your time or just whatever, just ask them this question. And the question is, is this your best work? And there's really only two answers to that. There's yes and there's no. And if they say yes, I go, great. And you can really engage with that and you'll really understand who they are, where they're up to in their cycle and development and leadership and so forth. And if the answer's no, then you say, well, what was missing that the organisation didn't provide you with the resources, the time to be able to do your best work? And let's talk about what's missing in that. And then you get to have a conversation about what was missing to enable them to do their best work. And if that is the structure of my day means I don't get to do deep thinking, well, then how do I support you in making sure that structure happens? So it sounds like a really tough question, but actually when you think about it, it's either I was accountable or not accountable for creating a work environment for you to do your best work because I've only employed incredible and great people. And if the answer comes back, no, 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 then ultimately I realise they're not the right team member and they need to be set free. And I like your questions. I like the way you thoughtfully place your questions about the value of time with respectful language for people and it gets to the heart of the matter. And I think that is valuing people's time by asking great questions. Absolutely. Our role as leaders and managers is to challenge people to be great and the best version of themselves. I'm not running a kindergarten. I want people to be wholly formed human beings having deep thinking because ultimately that's what's driving engagement is people are proud of their work and they're proud of where they work. And if they are not proud because they know they haven't done a great job because they really don't feel they've got the time for deep thinking, then I've failed them as an employer. It's it, it, But also if we don't speak to it. So there is a real discipline around it. And when I see shoddy work, I wonder, well, what happened? Because I know that's a great individual, but what happened that they didn't do the QA on that program or what have you? And I ask the question, what was missing? Mm. And and I'll take accountability if it's the fact that, no, the deadline was too tight. Mm. Okay, well, why was that? Well, there was commercial imperatives or what have you. So the difference between being busy and productive is quite clear for us now. And those tips around how do we actually come and be productive. You've given us some fantastic ideas. I'm still sitting with the no agenda, no attendee or whatever (laughs) it was and the triple W. I'm going to go back and listen to all of those. Um, But making sure even a 30-minute meeting might be able to be 17 minutes. Actually putting people, the one thing is I can't stand it when people are late to a meeting. It's very disrespectful. I'm always on time. And I start a meeting on time and people 
learn that really quickly. Some enterprises have this thing, oh, everybody's always five, minute la- five minutes late, and that is just so disrespectful. And the other thing is to have things not on the hour. It's literally, it's three minutes past is the stand up and it goes for seven minutes, you know, and then it really drives people. Keep you on your toes. Fantastic. And I do love these tips about how to help others help us Mm. value our time. Mm. So Naomi, thank you so much. I've learned a lot today. So it's clear we need to know our purpose and then be accountable for your own time. Be your own EA Make sure there's an agenda, you know the outcomes, look for follow-ups and actually respect others' time. And always make good choices. Use your time wisely. Fast Track is produced in the studios of Podcast One Australia. The producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. For more episodes, head to podcastoneaustralia.com.au. Download the app or search Fast Track Career Conversations Podcast.